from the top of the charts to the dusty $1 bin and everything in between, it's time for another review on Life to Labyrinth. Whatevs. Okay, do you want to, should we do this before I start yeah. napping? Yeah. Now we've been chatting offline for like half an hour. Just getting catching up. Just catching up. Just getting getting the flow going. Getting the flow going. All right. Well, welcome back to another episode of Life to Labyrinth podcast. My name is Bryn. And I'm Angie. And this week we are doing two albums, two mixed albums that we have been talking about doing for ages and ages as bonus episodes. But if you're listening to our show, you know that we usually don't come good on those. So we just did them as a regular episode. <laughs> and if this episode is just shorter than the rest of them, it's because we've turned it into a freaking bonus episode. <laughs> <laughs> because we're not talking about one artist. We're kind of talking about a compilation, like a, a phenomenon. So it may not be a long one. Two, yeah. I'll be honest. I'm not super prepared for this. I've listened to the music a bunch. I've got some stories to tell about my experience listening to it, but as I mentioned before we started, my work life has just kind of completely snowed over almost all other aspects of my life, so I don't really have a lot of research done, but we took into some extra time. You said you wanted to do a little bit more research and get a little bit ready, so I'm hoping you're coming in hard. Um, interesting phrase. Uh, yes, so... I... No, I didn't do a lot of research. There's... I mean, how much research is there, but... I yes, a little bit. Anyways, doesn't isn't it really bothersome that the Spotify Big Shiny Tunes one and two is spelt incorrectly on Spotify? It's really upsetting me right now. There's that no did bother E me. in shiny. Yeah, that did Holy bother me. Fuck. <laughs> Just Anyways. to back up a, a little bit, we have been listening to Big Shiny Tunes two and three for the past couple of weeks. One, uh, Big Shiny Tunes is from 97, Big Shiny Tunes 2 is from 1998, and they were enormous albums when we were kids, I guess middle school, early high school age, and uh, like we're talking Big Shiny Tunes 2, Diamond, Big Shiny Tunes 3, 8 times Platinum. I can't think of anything more symbolic of exactly what... Canadian kids like me were listening to at this time. Like, I wouldn't have been able to do this better myself. This is 100% what was being played on the radio. This is... Mm -hmm. it's They do a really interesting thing in these compilations where they sort of pair these huge American bands that everyone knows and then throws in some smaller Canadian bands or some well-known Canadian bands but lesser-known songs, which is all really... Like, it's... It's crazy whoever picked the lineup is pretty cool because it's really like nothing else. Usually with a compilation, well, I mean, I'm not going to talk about other compilations because it doesn't make sense. It's, there has to be a focus point for it. But I would just say, I know you said at one point that we have um, American listeners. This was a Canadian phenomenon. I don't think it ever, I don't think Americans cared about it. No, they were put out by Much Music, which was the Canadian 100%. equivalent of MTV. Yes. And Much Music was way less shittier than MTV. Like it wasn't overly commercialized. It had people that were like VJs that were really fanatical about music, like Rick the Temp, Sukin Lee, George Strombolopoulos, who has gone on to be like a very serious music journalist, I guess. So it was, my Canadians take their music seriously. <laughs> 
And I don't really understand how Big Shiny Tunes falls into like the CanCon, but how they use this to as a platform for Canadian artists was really, really cool. You know, yeah. to listen to Marilyn Manson, then right after it is Holly McNarlin. Like no one had re- like Holly McNarlin was on the radio, but it wasn't. Yeah, that's a huge that's a huge dichotomy to go from Manson to Holly. Like, yeah. <laughs> Oh, 100%. It was one of those things, like, this was almost like, for our generation and the age that we were, this was almost like our parents' Frampton Comes Alive, where it was almost like it was issued to you. Big Shiny Tunes 2 and 3 especially. Yeah. It was almost like you were issued these. I never personally owned them, but... Blasphemy. They were at the library. I definitely took them out from the library. And I feel like I could name at least five people right now that I could, like, gun to my head, say owned these. And one of them isn't even you. So they're just everywhere. It was, I remember borrowing them from people. I don't know, you know, it was like, oh, can I borrow your big shine? Like, it was, it was like the CDs to own for people that didn't even buy CDs. Like, there were lots of people that probably only owned Big Shiny Tunes. It was just the mixed, best mixtape you could ever buy on CD. Yeah. They were, they were incredibly fire. And it was, like you said, it, it was, it was just like a snapshot of the radio at the time for us. To the point where when I was listening to, I think it was three, I was listening to three driving down the highway. And I literally had a Ratatouille moment where I just like went back to my childhood driving in the car listening to like you know whatever it was Money City Maniacs or something like that like I I forget what song it was it might have even been two and I was like semi-charmed life or something like that but it was just like I 100% just had a massive massive Ratatouille flashback I feel like uh, almost every single one of the songs on both of those albums does that for me you know Big Shine Tunes 2 starts off with Prodigy which is what a wild band to put on I mean, I guess they were pretty mainstream at the time. I think that guy died. R.I.P. Right? Ooh, I think prodigy? one of the prodigy got one of the prodigy it guys was the died. The main guy. It was the main guy. It was, it was crazy singer. spiky eyeballs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Singer. A spiky uh, error in eyeballs. You want to you want to run down the track list real quick? Yes. For two. Big Shiny Tunes two. Breathe by the Prodigy. Song two by Blur, which is Woohoo for those of you who are unaware that it's called song two semi charm life by third eye blind walking in the sun by smash mouth fly by sugar ray drinking in la by bram van 3000 like hi my name's stereo mike yes beautiful people marilyn manson numb holly mcnarland swallowed bush this is post bush x matchbox 20 with push collective souls precious declaration the tea parties temptation chemical brothers Block Rock Beats, Wide Mouth Mason's Mild Self. I adored Wide Mouth Mason. I met them. Radiohead's <laughs> Paranoid Android. We've already done Radiohead. Age of Electric's Remote Control and Stone Temple Pilot's Lady Picture Show. This is just such an obvious snapshot of what was on our fucking radios at the time. It's really wild. Yep. Big Shiny Tunes 2, uh, according to Wikipedia, is also the best-selling album of the series. It's also the best-selling album in Canadian history. What's diamond in can- in Canadian sales? Uh, was certified diamond in Canada. So diamond is a, a million. So a million. That a one's million... the only one that went over a million, I think. Okay, so a million in sales. And in Canada, our total population in the country was less than 21 million. It's pretty crazy. 
when you so when you think of the percentage of people in this country that owned this record when there's when it was sold over a million and there's less than 30 million people in the country at the time like it was everywhere that's why it was at the library it was also interesting that they paired with different labels to release each of them so they only paired with artists from universal emi warner and then i believe i think what they did is each release went under a different label which whatever just like it's so smart everything about it i just you know there's like a writer's room you know for snl i just wish i was in the pitch idea room for this compilation (laughs) (laughs) you want to be part of the argument of what songs are going on big shiny tunes yes 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 let's put brand van 3000 after sugar ray like let's just fuck with people let's like, did we ever even know who Brandman Three Thousand was? In, do we? Can we name any other no. songs? Probably not. No. Actually, no, absolutely not. It was probably a bunch of like twenty-year-olds stoned out of their fucking mind. It was probably amazing and super stressful at the same time. It would be a fascinating thing. That's I don't know if Alan Cross, our favorite ever, has ever done episodes on Big Shiny Tunes. Oh, he. But must. he's. He'd be the person that would actually have be able to dig up the information on like how these were put together, where the idea came from. But in in an age where you ever you know, a CD was twenty dollars and you may be buying it for one song, these made so much sense. A hundred percent. And I didn't realize that it went up. So they started in 1996. The first one came out in 1996. And the last one came out in 2009. I had no idea they went for that long. I think I committed to Big Shiny Tunes 5, maybe. Um, But it also, like, these numbers numbers correlate. I'm a a math scientist right now. Okay. I'm a music scientist is what I was going to try and say. My words are bad. Uh, these numbers totally correlate with Napster coming out and music streaming. Mm-hmm. Like, you can just mm-hmm. see it totally shit out by the end. Oh, 100%, and, yeah. And I remember halfway through this, like, making my own mix CDs and being able to kind of find these. And and I obsessively made, made mix CDs. I think, like, well before everyone else. No, I mean, I'm not saying that, but yeah, Having it's a such CD a bummer. burner at the time... I and actually I, being able to do yeah. it was a bit of a luxury item and not every family had that totally and for some reason we had one i think because my uncle worked for bell and we were just like had to fucking keep up with the times right the other thing is is not very many people had high-speed internet at the time yes and i can't so believe it, we did because we were in the woods yeah we we did as well at the house i lived in when we were in high school we had high-speed internet but i can see how these would become like not as relevant as you were able to click exactly the songs you wanted <laughs> yeah. and make your own CD but there was still something so you know we don't have that anymore where we're not all listening to the same albums we're not all watching the same TV shows we're not all you know it's so sad you can't go to work the next day and be like oh did you see that Simpsons episode because we're not all sitting around watching the same shit anymore I mean we kind yeah. of are but we generally aren't and yeah. everyone was listening to this there was just no way around it no. Um, so we listened to that. We also listened to Big Shiny Tunes 3. Do you want to run down the track list on that yep. one? Yep. Smashing Pumpkins, Ava Adore, Fastballs, The Way, Foo Fighters. Massive song. Massive song. Doesn't that just bring you back to mm-hmm. just grade 8, grade 9? Mm-hmm. 
uh, Foo Fighters, My Hero, Matthew Goodban, Apparitions, Semisonic, Closing Time, <laughs> Bare Naked Ladies, One Week, 3M Season 1 DJ by the Beastie Boys, Dragula by Rob Zombie. I don't know, I keep switching back and forth how I say this. I fucking love Dragula by Rob Zombie. <laughs> and I don't really think the radio was playing a lot of Rob Zombie. So I love that they had to throw in someone a little harder. Like the one before was Marilyn Manson. And then this was, you know, Rob Zombie kind of just. Yeah. The out of left fields, heavy metal artist. Totally. That wasn't Metallica. Totally. No Metallica on these. Well, there might be. I don't know. I can't think of any. Not these two. Third Eye Blind, How's It Going to Be? Sloan, Money City Maniacs. Lenny Kravitz is Fly Away. Placebo, Pure Morning, great song. Garbage, Push It. Radiohead, Karma Police. Goo Goo Dolls, Iris. Big Rex, that song. And another wild one, Monster Magnet with Space Lord. And I cannot tell you how much I fucking love that song. And I play it fairly regularly in my rotation. Fuck, it's so good. And I have no idea who that fucking band is. I'm sure I don't know any other song, but man, do I fucking know that one. I will tell you that. You throw it down for Space Lord. I don't I have no idea who they are. I don't know. I There were several songs on both of these albums that I had not listened to probably since they went off the radio. Yeah. And that was definitely one of them. And it came on. I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> so I just had it on the car and like I wasn't even looking at the track list. It was just playing. I was just like in the in the moment. And then, yeah. Space Lord came on. I was just like, what is happening? Oh, oh my, my God. God. So it. many memories. Not attached to anything. It's just like this music was just everywhere. It was just yeah. in, you just went in everywhere. Stores, people's houses. You get in the car. It was on the radio. Space Lord, mother, mother. Do, do, do. Anyway. Yeah, let's just, how about we just hum all the songs? That's We have a really good yeah, podcast. Let's have all the songs on this compilation. I was going to take you through a really, really quick acapella rundown. <laughs> of Monster Magnet. <laughs> you do the bass line. I'm like, na, 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 na. Anyways, okay. So the reason this came up in my mind, this, I mean, yes, we've talked about this 500,000 fucking times, but it was the 25th anniversary of the first Big Shiny Tunes coming out in 20, this year. I don't need to say the year. We know where we're at. Well, I never do. But 2021. Um, <laughs> we're recording yeah. this in 2021. In ca- yeah. Maybe released in 2022. We don't know where we're going. No. <laughs> um, we got some in the can. We'll get them out when they come out. <laughs> but it came up as, um, and Bryn sent this to me, kind of like a CBC interest piece, whatever, about this crazy phenomenon, which was much music, like a little Canadian much music releasing these albums that you know were some of the most the highest selling albums in Canada which is really crazy to nail down such a selection of music so well and I guess the idea behind these is that dance mix had done really well so the dance mix compilations were quite successful and they thought maybe they should do an alternative route for this and god bless them I'm glad they did <laughs> I'm they really, really glad hit it out of the did. park with that as something. Like, let's just give it a shot and see how it goes. <laughs> totally. Wow. Yeah, 100%. But I think the major thing that interested me about the piece was how much it did for can- the Canadian musicians. Like, mm. 
there were some of us that were already hardcore, you know, Canadian rockers for life. I'm, I'm pointing at myself. But I'm just going to read this quote from Sloan because I feel like Sloan is one of the major bands that got catapulted into mainstream limelight by this because I think sure. they were a very small band. And then, I mean, a great band, fucking love Sloan. Anyways, the quote is, at the time we were like, I don't know, do we want to be on this? It doesn't sound cool. But it ended up selling tons of copies and made us look legitimately big when we weren't. I would say the Killjoys, Pluto, and Limlifter are the bands like us who were lucky to be on there. It elevated us to a place where we were listed among, along with Beck and the Chili Peppers. In reality, we were a mom and pop act. Yeah, and so if you're not knowing that, that, yeah, you just Sloan was just on the radio. They're on Big Shiny Tunes. They're a big band. Like you didn't know any different. I didn't know they weren't big. Yeah. <laughs> I just assumed. You know what I mean. But like, and Limlifter, definitely like also a great band. <laughs> but they were also very tiny and just not like indie garage, but definitely in that between space where they're getting some radio play, but being thrown on a compilation like that. What a special way to kind of lift up your Canadian acts. And then something I mentioned earlier, and this is sorry on Big Shiny Tunes 1, but can I just tell you how kooky <laughs> they were? Okay, so Moist is on Big Shiny Tunes 1. Mm-hmm. Have you ever heard of that song? Have you ever heard of Ophelia? No. Only that you only that we discussed it in the Dave uh, David Usher episode. Oh, yeah, because I'm going to marry him. Ophelia was not a single. It was not something that was crazy well-known. Mm. Sure, in 97, Moist was a very recognized name. They would have had two albums out that were did very well. But... How cool is it to take a Canadian band that's doing really well and go, let's shove a song in that nobody knows. I don't know. Fucking cool. (laughs) It's so cool. I think it's amazing that these, the first several anyway, did not feature any Tragically Hip, considering how everywhere the Tragically Hip have been as a Canadian forever. Yeah, that's interesting. Maybe they didn't want to do it. I wonder if they didn't fall into that... They weren't no, really alternative, right, but is. they were they were in they did a lot of the same festivals in those days. Oh, I'm glad you mentioned festivals, because also these compilations just remind me one hundred percent of the lineup of Edgefest. Oh yeah, definitely. Like whole smashing pumpkins in the same three hours as Moist and Big Rec. <laughs> and you're like, what's happening right now? <laughs> <laughs> so Edgefest and Somersault were festivals that were around that I went to every single one. I think I, I went to the first to one was I was in grade seven and my dad took me and I loved it. I loved every minute. That'd be cool. My brother went to a couple of them. I never got to go. My I parents see. just wouldn't take us to those things. And he was just a bit old enough that his friends drove. Okay. My dad only took me to the first one because we were in grade seven. Hmm. It wouldn't have been 97. It would have been, I think, 99 when I sent you that picture yesterday of me meeting Dave Grohl. Like, no big <laughs> deal. Saw the Foo Fighters, met Dave, just chilling. Just chilling in Little <laughs> Ottawa. Anyways, it was... That was very Dave Grohl from the late 90s, too. God, it was such a good time. Those festivals his... were so fun. I missed it. I don't know if I regret it, but I missed it. We're doing it now. Also, can I just again. say a quick thing about Song 2 by Blur? Tell us a story. In grade, I don't know, what do you think? Mrs. Smith's class, grade 7, grade 8? Seven, 7 or 8. It's only two years I had her. We were tasked to make music videos. 
group did Song 2 by Blur. Yeah, you did. And we stole shopping cart. Okay, well, first of all, if you live in Canada, there was a beer commercial. I think it was for beer. Where they ride shopping carts down, like, main streets, and this song is playing. So we did the same thing. It was a Labatt Blue commercial. (laughs) I thought it was Labatt Blue. That's funny. I really thought it was Labatt Blue. Yeah, if you Google a bad blue shopping cart ad from 1998, (laughs) you'll find it. Yes. Well, we did this whole video, and I feel like I'm going to take credit for most of the creative juices behind it because I had a vision. I remember having a vision, and I remember editing it, like not editing, but like stop the music exactly when we stop the camera, start the music exactly when the camera goes on, like hilarious, like chopped together, but we totally stole shopping carts and rode mm-hmm. them around in Elmont and it was a really successful video in my eyes and I would love to get a hold of that one day. I was telling Brian I do recall drunk texting my dad at two in the morning once asking if he <laughs> could figure out because he was a teacher <laughs> how if he could figure out how we could get a copy of this video. I'm not sure he responded. I'm not sure I would have remembered if he responded. <laughs> Well, to clarify, he was a teacher at the same school that the music teacher that assigned this project worked. And I at. know they were friends, and I know that, and I know they still are. So all hope is not lost. But uh, yeah. that song uh, means a lot to me, and I've heard it a lot. <laughs> I remember we made one too. We did Beatles songs because, of course, we did. Yes, of course, you and did. <laughs> that story is not worth telling. But of all of them. <laughs> There's only two others that I remember. I remember yours, and I remember, I remember, I remember. Do you remember it? (laughs) Remember? I remember Mike Monroe's Men in Black video. Oh my God. For, For the life of him, he could not get out the sentence, the difference between you and me is that I make this look good. And they did not do any editing on it. Because Neither we were we. kids. We don't know well, they I didn't. But the thing is, is that he kept trying to say it over and over and over again. And it just wouldn't come out. And eventually his sister or his mother had to walk him through it word for word. It's like the difference between you and me. It's like the difference between you and me. And then he remembered and he threw his sunglasses on. And was like, I make this look good. And I was like, it's like every blooper was just included. And he just handed it in. Oh, man, that is so awesome. So those are the only two I remember. And I remember his because it was hilarious because it was just what what is happening. And I remember yours because yours was actually really good. And you guys did a really good job of it. And that the bad blue commercial was all the rage, like fucking everywhere at the time. It was almost like these records, like you couldn't turn on the television, and not see that ad. So I do remember it being kind of a masterpiece and being very impressed. It was it was fantastic, and I know we've probably said it before. Certainly, we've said it to each other privately. But it featured the one and only Robin Clark. And any time that we can say her name, and, re- and if she ever hears this, I respect the fact that you don't want to talk to us, but we miss you. Also, Katie Gilhuly <laughs> was in it. Was was that the other person? I only remembered you and Robin. Was it I Katie remember Gilhuly Katie was in G it? being in the round circle at the Ramsey Township buildings when we were trying to be all cool, but we were at like the municipal buildings. <laughs> Being like, whoa, what up? I'm in this like round structure singing and being cool. I'm super sure that was Miss Katie G. Anywho, we'll we need to find that. See if, if we ever find it. We will share with we'll, the world. We'll share. We'll share it. I've tried to encourage Angie to share the photos that she found 
over the weekend at her parents' house of her oh, meeting yeah. Dave Grohl and Moist and wearing her Moist shirt in a family photo. Uh, those those should go on the in, on our Instagram, but it's not up to me to do it. <laughs> well, I know. I also feel like nobody looks at her Instagram, but I will. I also wanted to say the picture I sent you of me bawling because I had just met Moist. Um, I was wearing the Sum 41 tank top that I had bought, and you could see that one side had been completely stretched out. <laughs> the one that got torn of, off of you? Because of the mosh pit disaster. So I'm like, <laughs> and this is like side is hanging off me. Oh my God, I was just living my best life. I just, those were the days. Those were the uh, days. Uh, oh. And not to be un- outdone, it also needs to be put on Instagram, just because you've discussed it so much, your tube pass from your time in London, that was a thing of beauty. You liked my look? That was a thing of beauty. I was shocked at how many people commented on it, actually. I just thought it was kind of funny, but people reacted. It's just kind of how I remember you before you left. My partner was like, oh my God, this is, he's like, this is hot. And I went, the glasses are fake. And he's like, oh, never mind. Oh my God, you're so hot. I was 17. I mean, you would have grown, you grew up to be hot. Well, I was, no, I was like probably 20, but, um, but I was like, yeah, the glasses on those, it's fake. He's like, oh, fucking forget it. I'm like, yeah, I know. I know. I was cutting my own hair. Whatever. You were living in a caravan, having the time of your life. I was. Fuck everybody else. Fuck everybody else. <laughs> Back to Big Shiny Tunes. Some of the Canadian artists that talked in this article about being just couldn't believe they were added onto this compilation and it really moved their career along was um, the Killjoys, Holly McNarland, as we mentioned, definitely Biff Naked. Oh, nice. Sloan and David mm-hmm. Usher from Moist does a shout out to Much Music saying we played with a bunch of big American acts back then and Much Music had a lot of influence in making that happen. He remembers a festival in Tuktayuktuk that he did with Metallica and Hole. Oh my God, what I wouldn't have done wow. to have been there. But I didn't have Much Music growing up. I like We've talked a thousand times about this. I lived in the woods and we had an antenna attached to a dead tree on the side of the house. <laughs> But I do remember how fucking exciting it was to like go to Jess Rivington's or to go to my grandma's and just put on much music and see these people that I listen to all the time because music was life for me forever. Yeah, I I, ha- I also had absolutely no access to much music, MTV, none of that at that time. We didn't get a satellite dish until I was in high school. And so like the first time I saw music videos was, yeah, going to like people's houses in town because I also lived out of town. Yeah. I remember I remember going to Dave McGill's house and seeing the Foo Fighters Learn to Fly video and going, holy shit, that's the guy from Nirvana. And they're like, yeah, man, where you been? Oh, my God, <laughs> that's so funny. I, I didn't know about any of it. Like, I didn't I didn't really listen to cool music the way you kind of like you listen to stuff that like was current. I was still like 20 years behind the time. Like I am not now. 30. <laughs> Yeah, so that's why like you were doing Blur songs in grade eight for our music video, and I was doing Beatles songs because sure, sure, sure. I was just behind. So I was a massive Nirvana fan, but I was one of those people that originally thought they were called the Food Fighters, and had to be corrected. Oh, <laughs> sure, yeah, I can see that. Like, oh I my god, that better. is so funny. It's yeah, well that that makes sense. A food fight, yes, that's especially fair. at that age. It's like hundred yeah, percent. 
If it makes you feel any better, I showed the picture of Dave Grohl to my partner yesterday, and he didn't know who it was. And I said, Bleeding or the Foo Fighters? And he looked blank. And then I said, Drummer of Nirvana? And he went, Yeah, I don't know who that guy is. And I went, Okay. And scene. (laughs) (laughs) And then you had that moment where you realized you're carrying this man's child. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, don't worry. Where our music education has already started, I have been working on my vinyl collection. I meant to tell you, and I think I did maybe tell you this, when you were sending me the 90s isolated vocals Mm. when we were chatting this week, which was great, and I still think Chris Cornell wins that award. His voice is out of this world. It's unearthly. I don't know. I made that word up. He's definitely the most robust singer of the group. Uh, My personal taste is Lane Staley. I knew. uh, Yes, I knew you would say that. just, Just personal taste. Yep, yep, yep. Anyways, I was listening to it and I was holding it near my belly and after it was done and I turned it off and I messaged you back like Chris Cornell wins, I was just getting kicked for like the next 20 minutes and I was like, we're learning. We're learning. Outshined, outshined, outshined. (laughs) We're learning. And I put on a record every day and make a point of either singing along and it's like, today is moist. Yesterday it was Alt-J day before it was Metallica and I just think of it as musical education you got the Mr. Holland's Opus headphones on your stomach doing the whole thing <laughs> oh my god that movie I haven't Oof. seen that in a hundred years me neither but that, that's that's a heavy one to watch as an older person yeah I feel, I feel like it was heavy at the time it was heavy at the time but we were young enough that we didn't we hadn't experienced like life kicking you in the face and you having to basically yeah settle for less than your dreams we're like what's this old man doing now we'd be like <laughs> yeah i still don't know what i want to do when i grow up <laughs> fantastic movie if you haven't seen it it's worth watching mr holland's opus we're not going to review it it's not really musical or anything but it does have a good soundtrack oh god i don't remember it at all a lot of a lot of 60s music awesome. and then some orchestra stuff Great soundtrack, great movie. Yeah. Nothing bad to say. Nobody in it's been me tooed. Is that the uh, beautiful, 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 mm-hmm. beautiful, beautiful, cool, or whatever? Yeah. I'm acting it out. You can't. Yeah. <laughs> that's a, that's a cringe moment, but it also it's the moment it ha- it's the movie where he's like trying to teach the guy to drum to Stevie Wonder. Okay. Up tight, everything is like hitting him on the head with a mallet. While he's oh wearing my god. Nice. <laughs> Big shiny tunes. I don't know. We don't need to talk forever about it, but it's no, just... we put out some longer episodes recently. I just... Man. There's not a lot of research to do on these to talk about them. It's This is one of those ones where, like, it's just an experience to listen to it. it I was really surprised about that article talking to all the different artists about... Like, Biff Naked was honored to be the only woman on her compilation. compilation. Mm. And she was even nominated for an award and she said Nickelback won every time because they're Nickelback. Also, they said Nickelback was the band that was on this the most, which is interesting because on the ones I own, uh, Nickelback's... Oh, Nickelback's on Big Shine Tunes 5. But they weren't on any of the ones that I listen to all the time. Yeah, uh, I would have thought for the ones that we're listening to, they weren't out yet. Nickelback didn't really become Nickelback until... Uh, how you remind me they had um, oh that al- no no they were around they way had, before that I know but they had leader of men and stuff but they weren't oh, like phenomenal oh god that album was so good <laughs> what was it called the state 
I don't care. I'm sorry. I'll say it. It's such a good album. I've seen Nickelback live. So have I. Were you with me? Did Everclear? Did they open for Everclear? No, I saw them as part of a three a three artist bill. It was uh, Christ, the band that sings "I Hate Everything About You." Um, Good Why? Charlotte. Why? Three do Days I... Grace. Oh, the same thing. <laughs> so it was Three Days Grace, uh, Stained, and Nickelback. Oh my God, I love Stained. Mm-hmm. It's been I didn't wild. get to go to Edgefest, but I have seen Stained live, and I See, do appreciate that. I saw Stained in upstate New York, actually. Nice. Nickelback was also really good live when I saw them. They yeah. put on a really good show. They took a break to smoke a joint, which, like, you mm-hmm. know, 14 year old me was like, oh my God, they're so cool. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Nickelback was the first band I ever saw that had like pyro and stuff. Oh, like, this was pre-pyro days. Okay. <laughs> they were not. They, this was at um, this was at um, like a, a venue maybe close to the NAC or something. Like it was a weird, weird room. They used to play the baseball stadium in, in Ottawa a lot, didn't they? Um, maybe this was in an indoor like what could have been a conference room. Okay. I saw them at the hockey arena. I saw them at whatever. It was probably the Corral Center at the time. Yes. Oh, yeah. That would have been a big show. No, this was they were opening for Everclear and it was um, small. Okay. I can't believe my parents let me go to so many of these shows. Like, (laughs) what were they thinking? Because I know 100% we parked at Eagleson and took a bus in and we were not city kids. Like, we would have trusted anyone and probably died if we were in any other city. And on the way home, we got a flat tire. Oh, no. And we were A, kids, B, no cell phones. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Remember when we were just let free and we didn't have cell phones and had no way of getting a hold of people and our parents were like, go to a concert in Ottawa, have fun? God. You're just alone. Just alone. I'm so sad for everyone that always has a cell phone attached to them as a kid. Yeah, I mean, my kid's 16, and if he doesn't have a cell phone, there's hell to pay. I mean, like, there's there's no freedom. We know where our kids are. We just try to leave them alone, right? You don't want to be too helicoptery about it. Yeah. But uh, I just looked it up. I think the the tour I saw them on was in 2004. 2004. So they were okay. In concert archives, that's what's coming up. Mine was 2001 at the Congress Center. Okay. Where was the Congress Center? Congress Center? You're more familiar with Ottawa than I am now. I'm oh, I actually sure. found it. I found it on setlist.fm. It was February 13th, 2004 I saw them. Mine was February 3rd, 2001. Played 16 songs. Anyway, we're not doing Nickelback. They're not even on these albums. Yeah, they are. They're on a lot of the later albums. But not the um, ones we listen to. No, for sure. I don't know what else you want to say about them. They're so excited. I, I haven't listened to anything past six but they still do the same thing. They throw in something a little like, oh, wow, Limp Biscuit, Puddle of Mud, Sub 41. Yeah, David Usher. Fuck, I'm going to listen to fucking all of these. And she's going to binge. She's going to binge. There's a playlist on Spotify that's all 14 of them. <laughs> yeah, it's hard for me, though, because I like to know when it starts and when the album ends. Mm. And when it slides in, I get aggravated. But that's just that's because I'm 100. And I mm. like to listen to the album. And not just a clusterfuck of it. Well, that's fair. I don't know. I don't have much else to say. It's just a listening experience. I would encourage you to listen to these albums, especially if you're an American that's kind of in our like our age, kind of late 30s. 
there may be some songs in here you haven't heard in a really long time and maybe you'll have a ratatouille moment like 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 i did and maybe there's songs in here you would never heard before and they're good but it's a snapshot of the radio when we were like grade eight grade nine grade ten totally kind of just starting to find some independence nice little intro into the canadian music scene at the time yeah, and how fun. it like not commercially could rival these other artists but all these songs were great like you listen to it and there isn't anything that sticks out as garbage there's stuff on here that like my personal taste i couldn't i didn't really care for like i don't really like um and i'll probably get torn apart for this but i don't really like beastie boys i hate the beastie boys (laughs) so like that i'm not so not so big on but it's stuff like listening to it back now with like a more open mind and stuff as a result of having this podcast and stuff like like i remember getting big shiny tunes too i borrowed it and i think i only listened to marilyn manson i didn't listen to really anything else on it definitely listened to manson a lot (laughs) (laughs) and i've listened to this and like these entire things all the way through and i didn't want to skip them like i had them on in the car like i know we uh, we try and like drag my kids into this as much as we can my kids were like singing these songs no yeah like i just want to fly what do what do what do what do what that's so great how would they um, know that song they don't. They'd never heard it before. Oh, I played it up for them in the it. car, and they're catchy and they're good, and they just latched onto them. Like it's it's kind of hard not to sing along. They're 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 memorable. And this is funny because it's sort of at a time when probably we were turning our nose up, or old, slightly older people, or the grunge people, were turning their nose up at this music, be like, Ugh, it's garbage. Mm. You listen back to it, it's like this is great. Nobody yeah. get, nobody's getting hurt by semi charm life, even though it's a horrendously depressing song if you read the lyrics. Yeah, but man, <laughs> is it just that's just one of those bands that takes you back in three seconds. Yeah, yeah. And Money so. City Maniacs is always fun to listen to when you're driving because you're one hundred percent certain you're getting pulled over at the beginning. <laughs> yep. <laughs> <laughs> it starts with the sirens and you're driving and you go, Oh, Oh my god! And you start looking around, and you start panicking. You're like, "Oh my god, I can't see where it's coming from." And then it goes, dun, 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 and you're like, "Oh, it's a fucking song." Every time, you're like, oh, twenty oh. years later, it's still got me. <laughs> yeah, totally. Every time. So across the uh, seventeen songs times two albums, were there any of these songs that you hadn't heard in a really long time, or are you pretty kept up on most of this? No, I'm not kept on on most of this. I hadn't heard um, Prodigy or Blur for a long time. Mm. I don't love Holly McNerland, if I'm being honest. Matchbox like 20 always has a special place in my heart. Push was the first song I ever learned on guitar. Mm, my four chords, I can do it. I remember hearing that song come on and I immediately went back to like how I would sing it at the time. Like, I wanna push you <laughs> so funny. Uh, definitely have never listened to the Chemical Brothers. Mm. Um, I de- I'd heard that song before, though. Oh, for sure. But I've never listened to them since. Like, mm-hmm, I've never mm-hmm, listened to the mm-hmm. Chemical Brothers. Uh, Age of Electric is great, and I forget that they exist. <laughs> and then for the second album, I guess I haven't listened to a bunch of Lenny Kravitz. Okay. And definitely no Goo Goo Dolls, I don't think. Mm. Okay. And no Monster Magnet, except for that same song, which I definitely have listened to in the last year, I promise you. (laughs) 
It was my number one song that I would blast when I was uh, started working for the government. Oh wow! I was like, this song just makes me feel right, <laughs> and it's such like redneck rock. I love it. I don't care. Whatever. You just I'm need to, to be driving a monster truck, smoking a <laughs> cigarette, drinking out of a paper bag. I'm into it. <laughs> well, um, it's about that time. Do you have any final thoughts on these albums, or we we covered it? Just. I don't know, just such a relevant, cool snapshot of what what was happening north of the border in terms of alternative music and how lucky we were to have much music and how sad it is that we don't have that binding cultural agent such as much music or big shiny tunes to all be connected to because we were all really, you know, doesn't matter if you hated the tea party, that fucking temptation song would get stuck in your head and we were all listening to it <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah and we're two people that didn't have access to much music and we've like and this is coming from us totally and can i just say something about how funny it is that collective soul is on here who's a like huge american band yeah. followed by tea party who has played the elmont town hall <laughs> <laughs> jim morrison's son remember that rumor oh no that is super funny like for a while i don't know if it was him or there was there was this like in the zeitgeist there was this thing where like he claimed that he was jim morrison's son oh my god that's so funny the tea party was interesting very interesting weird guy like i mean interesting like weird is good not Mm -hmm. not weird is negative anyways a big renee cabana marshall band oh really the tea party I was shocked when I found out they played in Elmont. That just did it for me. I'm like, wow, these guys were massive. It's the big time. <laughs> but it's just super nostalgic and very fun. And it makes you kind of remember those bands that have other songs that you liked and might want to throw into the rotation. But I'm definitely going to spend some time looking at the later ones because I do think I crapped out after five and it would be fun to see... I'm sure I was still listening to all this music. I might have been overseas and diving deep into British dance music at the time, but I think I would still super appreciate it. Nice. I'm here for it. Yes. I don't really have a lot of final thoughts. I mean, they're just they're just good. It was I enjoyed them more listening back now than I did at the time. I'll say that. They're a perfect um, time capsule. They really they're are. Absolutely, yeah. I, I was not expecting to enjoy it as much as I did. I thought it'd be sort of like, ha ha, this is fun. And like, kind of remember how I didn't really care much for these songs at the time. And I just, just like remembered all the words to most of them and remembered like the, I had memories about, you know, especially driving in the car, listening to music. Cause even in those days I was doing a lot of driving and uh, yeah, I just didn't expect to have like a genuine Ratatouille moment about it. It was, it was a lot of fun revisiting it and like sharing it with my kids was hilarious. Cause quite often we'll listen to stuff and, Sometimes they'll be like, oh, like one song they'll kind of latch on to or they'll be reminded that they know it. But like there was no complaints. We just listened to it and then they start singing along, especially my younger daughter. Going, I was like, go tell mom that you're uh, just go say hi. My name's Stereo Mike. See what she says. Yes. <laughs> oh, my God. I love it. So I don't know. Yeah, I think I think you nailed it on the head. Like for our American listeners, like I said earlier, just these are a lot of fun. There's probably a bunch of songs on here that you might recognize and maybe some that you don't, but they're they're fun to listen to. And if you're a Canadian listener, go back and listen to them. They're fun. Yeah. It's a snapshot in time, and it's a moment that we'll never get back. We will never, ever 
have these again. We'll never share. There'll never be a collective sharing of any of this. We will never buy compilation CDs again. Mm-mm. Nope. Oh, sigh. All right. <laughs> what are we doing next? Let's let's end on that depressing note of how society is falling apart. Um, <laughs> how the cultural fabric has been torn. Uh, what are we listening to uh, next week? I have, as you well know, waffled on this considerably. I can't wait to see where the waffle landed. The waffle ended on a 2016 album by a band called The Prettyots called Fun's Cool. Prettyots? The Prettyots. P-R-E-T-T-I-O-T-S. The album is called Fun's Cool. They're sort of a, a little bit comedic. But like tongue-in-cheek kind of way. The songs are clever. They're catchy. They're sort of like a fun hidden gem. I really like this band. I love that you named the other seven other things you were going to do and you landed on this. Yeah. <laughs> Which wasn't in the options. I love it. I was just scanning through like the artists I follow on Spotify and I was just like, oh, this is a good excuse to do this. Awesome. I think I hope you like it. It's sort of funny. I think there'll be at least a couple of songs that you come away from. You're just like, I can't stop singing this. It's, it's in my head now. That's awesome. All right. Sweet. Well, Angie, the joke is when he awoke, his body was covered in coke fizz. But the joke is when he awoke, his body was covered. Yeah. <laughs> God damn it. Such a good song. I saw Sloan um, in the last few years. And when I say that, I mean the last few years before COVID, because I I guess that doesn't really count. But my brother and I went, and I, for some reason, didn't think I knew any songs. I was like, oh, I know, like, three songs, and I knew, like, 95% 95 of it, and it was such a good show, and the band rotates and plays different instruments, and it Mm. was fucking awesome. So shout out to Sloan. Um, I know they're still making music and they're still doing little performances like digitally online and whatever. But when we get back to the real world, go see Sloan. Maybe we'll go visit Sloan's uh, Sloan album in the new year. Yeah, great idea. 2022. We'll we'll go visit Sloan. Good good choice. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks so much for listening. If you made it this far. And uh, check us out on Instagram. You might see some fun old photos of our beloved Angie. Good times. All right. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to Life to Labyrinth podcast. Theme music by Devin Rose. Find Devin on Bandcamp or any streaming service. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Life Number Two Labyrinth. <laughs>